Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon. Welcome to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. I'm one of your co-hosts today, R.C. Weslowski. And I'm your other co-host, Kevin Spence. And we are happy to have in studio 2018 Vancouver Poetry Slam team member, an underground indie Poetry Slam champion, and all-around cool person, Rabbit Richards. I have my moments. Yeah. Hi, Rabbit. Hi. Hi, Welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. So let's get you to start the show off with some fire. (laughs) Some exhausted fire. I want to write about what it could look like now if we had never invented the concept of rent. I want to sit and think about how regeneration actually works. And I want my friends to get to write about things other than liberation, like what if we were just actually free? Half the folks around me are unreliable, and the ones that aren't are already carrying too much, and I just want to write a poem about mushrooms. But I'm exhausted by my depression by my anxiety, by everyone's depression, by everyone's anxiety, and science says black women exaggerate their pain. To be fair, it's hard to believe us when we say we get tired when we keep saving you, making a dollar five out of 99, confronting the people you're too scared to talk to, editing your text messages, editing your poem, editing the aggressive out of our tone, the discouragement out of our bones, educating your men, intervening between you and the people you consider friends, keeping the lights on, the creditors away, food in the fridge, and the secrets of an entire community in the hollows under our sleepless eyes, and I just want to write a poem about life coming from death and regeneration cycles. Like what will we do with the concrete skeletons of prison installations? And what will we grow when we don't have to grow soy to survive? But I'm exhausted by my depression, by my anxiety, by everyone's depression, by everyone's anxiety. And science says black women don't need medication because they can just take more. And I know it's hard to believe me when I say I have anxiety, that I feel like I'm dying so slowly all of the time, like a small animal is trying to chew its way out of my belly when you talk to me, like my spine is retracting like a closing telescope when you look directly in my eyes, like I am only a human, endoskeletal, easily perforated, dependent on the narrowest homeostasis to survive, and you are all made of chomping teeth and nipple blades, and I can't tell anyone. Of course it's hard to believe me with my face placid and my shoulders relaxed, my stimming fingers hidden in my coat pocket and my eyes soft, soft like my grandmother's eyes in the pastor's kirkyard, soft like my mother rarely is, like if we're hard they'll beat us till we're soft like leather, like a thing that was once alive, once growing, once part of the cycle of life and death and regeneration and mushrooms, soft like survival. 
So you never see me hard, never know it's hard, never understand how hard it is to hold everyone's depression, everyone's anxiety, everyone's exhaustion, and I can't tell anyone. So I research mycelium, and I think about regeneration cycles, and I stay soft. Amazing. I love <coughs> what anger. I'm ang- the the science says black mm. women exaggerate their pain. <laughs> kind of pisses that line. I just get angry. Men, men exaggerate their pain, right? It's just that's, oh. right. I mean, just thinking of that yeah. the whole exaggeration. I mean, probably. Like, yeah, but that sign then that line and that it returns again. Um, I love how the poem returns, returns, and then dives deep into these <laughs> metaphorical realms with the, tele- the telescope, yeah. the spine, and the rabbits inside. It's, uh, it's amazing. Thanks. Thanks. I'm glad you like it. I was curious as to if you remember a time when you noticed in yourself that I have to do these things to cope and get along, mm-hmm. get by. I don't think I so much noticed that I need to do it as much as other people made me explain it. Hmm. Like, I, I just am doing the things, as everyone is, and then people go, well, why aren't you doing this? And then I realize that the thing I'm doing is there for a reason, because I try to stop, and then I fall apart. And then, you know, you can only cry in London drugs so many times before you realize you need a strategy. Mm-hmm. But you weren't until you were. So what were you doing that long that kept you together? And then when you find out the thing that kept you together is something no one can see, it becomes your secret. Mm. But it's not, like nobody's out here going, I wish I had a cool secret. Well, maybe when I was 14. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And when did you start writing poetry? (laughs) Um... That I'll admit to. Um, <laughs> I, I, I will admit there was some, some awkward fanfic in high school. Oh, um, over what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dive right there, huh? Um, but I probably started doing language stuff very early. Um, my mom is one of those people who does not provide encouragement. Like, she's not stern, but she just doesn't had things very much and she has a poem that i wrote in first grade so i would have been four Mm. um and it's about a road like brown ribbon so apparently metaphor was never not going to be a thing Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that was just always but what about the fan fiction what were you (laughs) (laughs) i tried to get away (laughs) pretty much anything with an ensemble cast was fair game because I don't think I've ever not been interested in the way people relate to each other. Uh, um, live or animated or both? or Live, because animation wasn't really so much a part of my life as a child. I kind of came to that as an adult. Mm-hmm. We, weren't, we weren't a cartoon family. Yeah. Can people call in now with guesses as to what these shows might be? Oh I'm thinking Star gosh. Trek. If I, <laughs> I don't know. Which <laughs> one, though, Kevin? Next Which gen. one? No, Next no. <laughs> No, and I will okay. die on this hill. Next Gen is not the best Star Trek. Sorry, no. no. So what... You know, I'm not even sure what fan fiction is. Can you exp- Like, is it just... Are you serious right yeah, now? Yeah, I am serious. Oh, you're so cute. I know I that it's a, a lot. I know it's a so, thing, but... So, people write things... Yeah. ...all the time. Sure. But the effort of creating new characters and new stories is something that people think real writers do. It's not, I mean, it's not real, right? All of Mm -hmm. these things are artificial constructs in our heads. Yeah. But 
if you take something that is canon to some fandom somewhere and you go hey what if these two people knew each other or what if they grew up in this other world okay yeah. right so you're just taking it's like paper dolls except you're a fashion designer <laughs> <laughs> yeah what if spock and kirk love were lovers Right, I what think there's if? a whole that's well, a thing. I'm pretty sure that's been retconned. I think that's law now. <laughs> For example. Exactly. So. <laughs> Nailed it. Kirk land. <laughs> in the bone. Oh, so sad now. So, are, you, are you making up new um, scenarios or would you. Uh, t- like, are you just like making a new, like somebody is writing a new episode? I mean, if we're talking really for real about me and my life. Okay, yeah, real, what would you real, do? Yeah. I wrote like erotica because I was 14 yeah. and I had religious mm-hmm. parents. So it was all about writing the things you weren't allowed to. I wrote a lot of murder scenes. Okay. Um, <laughs> and one of them was a, an idea on a suicide and the paper fell out of my notebook and a teacher found <laughs> it and brought it to the principal and oh. no one in a school is allowed to not talk about suicide if they think there might be some. Yeah. So they called my parents and I am bawling oh. in the dean's office. Please do not call my parents. It will be so much worse if they think I was writing about suicide than if they think I was suicidal. <laughs> Please do not tell them that I wrote these things on a piece of paper. Of course they did. Yeah, oh, that was a great conversation. Yikes. Yikes. <laughs> and you say religious, what um, what denomination or background? Mm, my parents are Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff right now uh, around ex-evangelicals in the States on social media, which is kind of a, an interesting time, I think, to write and to re-examine kind of what a lot of us grew up with. And I love poetry as a place to kind of turn around. I, but I was serious about the Kirk. In your poem, there's the mention, of, I think the word Kirk is used well, Kirk as Yard. church. Kirkyard. Yeah. Kirkyard. Yes, yeah, so my which, grandmother um, was born on St. Thomas. Okay. It's the U.S. Virgin Islands, oh, okay. so in the Caribbean, um, and um, her family lived in the Kirkyard. We don't have full stories about what that entailed or mm-hmm. why that deal was made, mm-hmm. but we know that their life was slightly better than the lives of other people nearby, mm. and that they lived in the Kirkyard. Hmm. Maybe one day I'll know more. I don't yeah. know. Kirk is Dutch, I think, for church, or Dutch or Danish for church, whatever. For, just as a little. Yeah, so I was going to say, like, what is Kirkyard? <laughs> is the churchyard? Yes, or? that's correct. Okay, yeah. okay. Um, cool. Well, let's have uh, so let's hear another yeah. poem from you. Do we want my poem or do we want a magic poem? Oh, oh magic poem. Magic let's poem. Explain, explain how the magic poem came the to The magic you. poem came into my hands. Because a very lovely human thought ahead and gave me a present, and it's on beautiful paper with a lovely little... Oh, do you remember what these are called? Like it, the notary stamp? Yeah, it's like an emboss. Embossing, yeah. It's, it's a bit of embossing. embossing. Yeah, just a little fancy. Boss. Embossing. From the Paper Hound <laughs> Just bookstore. because I'm from Brooklyn doesn't mean you can make fun of me. <laughs> so uh, this poem, at random out of the vending machine was written by Connie Fife, and I do not have permission to read it so here we go (laughs) it was written for Russell I am writing this thinking of you sleeping curled up inside a jail cell blankets pulled overhead blocking out the lights I am writing this thinking of you sleeping 
while I bring down the bars and replace them with cedar, dragging each one across the yard. I am writing this, thinking of you sleeping stretched around cooling rocks after the completion of the sweat lodge. I am writing this, thinking of you sleeping, laying peacefully inside my womb where I have been carrying you. I am writing this, thinking of you sleeping, unfurled under woven blankets, asleep at home in the next room next to mine. I am writing this, thinking of you. Mm, lovely reading. Thank you. So this lovely piece of paper mm -hmm. says that the next reading oh, of yeah. Dead Poets yeah. Live yeah. will be at the Vancouver Public Library mm -hmm. March 17th, 2019. What? <laughs> and I didn't even have to ask for promotional material. It came with the paper. I had to step into the paper hound today and plug the poetry vending machine it's to very get cool. my little poem because... Um, yeah, yeah, I can't wait like, to go. Yeah. I've never been. Oh, you should. It's part of the new um, uh, uh, rooftop patio um, wonderful world of the Vancouver Art Gallery. So or Public new, Library. So the Vancouver Public Library, on the, the you know, the gardens opened last year. Mm -hmm. So there are, there's a new rooftop, there's a new theater, there's a whole bunch of new stuff. Very exciting. And I can't wait to explore. There. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's hear one of yours then, too. <gasps> me? Yeah. Hello, me. <laughs> when they ask me why I would ever leave New York City, I just say my family is there. Hmm. I say most of my friends have blue hair now. I say I was always planning to go back. I even promised I'd come back. What I mean is, if I could have stayed, I surely would. I miss my stuffed dog. Eloping is the last way to run away from home. When there is no more air, you have to decide if you're willing to fight to survive. If you lack the strength to fight, it's a war of attrition. I am a whole person now. My mother's cooking is delicious, but when I turned up with a foreigner for a husband, she put too much salt in the spanakopita. They tasted like tears. She gifted me pearls. They looked like tears. I am a whole person now. When there is no more water, you have to reevaluate your priorities. Even dangerous love will fill the hole. When they ask me why I would ever leave New York City, what they mean is, if they could leave Vancouver, they surely would. But they'd miss their dog. When there is no more sunlight, you have to choose a new fuel for growth. Which damage is collateral depends on which damage you meant to cause. I need to be a whole person now. My cooking is delicious, but even I haven't tasted it all yet. What they mean is, they want to be a whole person. They see I am a whole person. When they ask me why I would ever leave New York City, I say I'm still planning to go back. I'd love to go back. But you know, I have blue hair now. <laughs> and my family is there. It's so smart. Yeah. yeah. You, I notice in a number of your poems, you've got a refrain that you come back to a lot. What mm -hmm. do you like about that device? I don't know yet. Mm. Um, I'm definitely very much affected by music, so that quality mm. is always going to attract me. Um, I think I think I'm very aware of the power of words and like the the magic that language is. Um, and I think I think that all of those devices, everything that we can identify and put a name to, are ways that we soften 
the hard thing that we have to say. Mm. And so I'm more likely to use it um, if I'm doing something that talks about something really difficult. Like this is a deeply emotional poem that I could definitely bawl about, mm. but I need it to also be funny and also mm. have a place to come home to so you know that when I go off on this tangent, there's a chorus coming back, right? There's that mm. sense of comfort that you, th this is going to end at the end of a cycle. Even if you, even if you go off the rails a bit, even if the sections are longer or shorter. But if you know that this is a refrain, then you know no matter what else I say, we have to come back here. And I think that that can sort of pad the way we talk about difficult things. Mm. Nice. Yeah, the first time you mentioned I'm a whole person now after like uh, I, my, like, mm -hmm. it's like bam, that's such a. A punch, and then it comes. I love the way that comes back again, but it's it's gorgeous. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. and I find that I um I what I this isn't a question, but I what I like about what you do is you have this sort of uh, soft delivery masking this uh, badassery underneath, <laughs> and that it you know and it just it it does that like mm -hmm. that whole thing you know I, I'm a whole person now. Where the hell did that come from? And then boom, it comes again. It mm -hmm. comes again. Or I want they want to be a whole person. Mm -hmm. and that, you know, in this case and in other cases that you've done so i really yeah i like it that, that's why i was particularly asking. in this one that the the going out of myself and including the fact that the people who are asking like this the the they is already a character mm -hmm. right because yeah. they're the ones who are asking me so they mm -hmm. already exist in the poem space they're already introduced into the world even though we're not thinking about them um but i find the the effort to include compassion on purpose seems really to help connect people like i don't think people would identify as much with that poem if there were only the eyes in it mm. even though we all have those feelings but then once you bring in the fact that people look at that and also want it there's a there's something else to hook into mm -hmm. you open the door for mm. them yeah yeah and that repetition also kind of enacts the fact that these questions are asked again mm -hmm. and again. And we get to experience that as listeners, too. And we're like, oh. And decide what again. the answer Rash. is every time, right? Yeah. Like, every time someone asks me why I left New York, I have to think about it. Yeah. And eventually, it just ended up becoming a poem because I kept answering it differently, trying to find a way to not say, like, if I go home, my parents may never talk to me again. Mm -hmm. It's not an interesting answer, right? Mm -hmm. But if I say, well, I have blue hair and my family lives there, that's, that's funny, yeah. Right? It, it's still the same truth. It's still, you know that my saying that means that if my family knew I had blue hair, I could live there. Right? So, that, like, the, the sadness is always going to be there. The mm. truth is always going to be there. But there's no reason for me to make it hard for you to hear because then it can just lie in wait for you. And three days from now, you'll have a headache mm. at three in the morning and come to some <laughs> sort of great spiritual awakening. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, is the foreigner in the poem a Canadian? Actually, yes. <laughs> I have I have it on good family Facebook authority that oh. he lives somewhere in Burnaby, but we haven't oh. seen each other in like oh, really? a lot. Oh my God, it's almost a decade. So oh, I don't know. Maybe I should look him up. Could be, he could be listening right he now? He could be listening right now. Yeah, if they saw your name on Facebook and said, "Hey, we're we're having you as a guest." Did you like, tell people on Facebook? Yeah, okay. I'm not on Facebook. I know it is the savior of my listen <laughs> to not be on Facebook. Leave Facebook if you so. can leave. Yeah, I think so. If you can't, I get it. But if you can get out, there's there's nothing for you there. 
Just more sadness. Yeah, it's, it, feels like, <laughs> it feels like that, totally. Just yeah. stress. I see the glow of people's faces who aren't on yeah. social media. Yeah, I'm getting younger like, every oh year. God. Look at this face. Yeah. It's fantastic. Your eyes stay better. I shine. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, what have you been doing poetically since you've uh, did the, had the whole uh, CFSW experience? Uh, well, the first poem that I did today was written for finals for, okay. for that event. And in fact, I finished it the day of, which not everyone knows, but I think RC knows is kind of a big no-no. You, know, <laughs> you don't go to a big event like that where everyone has practiced for so long and not have your poem finished on time. That's uh, not how that works. Um, but I had a lot to say and it was the right audience for it mm -hmm. and now I'm finding having broken it there that it, a lot of places are turning out to be the right audience for oh, it so cool. it's, it's nice to get to share it yeah yeah and I was curious actually now that you bring that up I noticed that because I watched part of the live stream mm -hmm. and I noticed that of that finals and that all the poets from the Vancouver team did were reading off paper was it all new work or was it what was that? Um, what was the to decision remember about the that? Pieces that we chose. Um, basically, the there isn't so much a motivation to win as to get to say the thing to the people who need to hear it. Mm -hmm. And the fact that we managed to win doing that means we bent the rules enough to let us let some good art pass by. So we weren't too hung up on it, um, but also. I think we were making edits all the way through. I think the, the entire Vancouver team this year was Kay Kassir and Mitchell Estucci and Jay Simpson and myself. And we're all artists who are constantly growing. None of us are stagnant. None of us are doing the same pieces over and over forever. Um, so I think, I think having had some experience of how to work in live spaces, nobody was worried that we wouldn't be able to connect and we were all able to say the thing we really wanted to say instead of the thing we remembered, mm. which is the worst feeling. You finally get the opportunity to be on the stage that you want to be on, in front of the audience you want to be in front of, to say the thing you want to say and the words are gone. I'm not here for that. Mm -hmm. I'm not here for it. I just, my book goes everywhere. Yeah. Pardon my ignorance of the slam world, mm -hmm. but please, is this please make this Canada? more this accessible to North folks. America? Uh, so it? the finals that we were discussing were yeah. a national competition. Okay. So it was teams of slam poets from across Canada um, that met in Guelph last year. And in a weird coincidence, it will be in Guelph again this year. So oh. people mm -hmm. are interested. That is available. And the Vancouver team was in the finals, and Rabbit and the other people that they mentioned were all on that team and performed in finals as mm -hmm. well, finished third in the country. Nice. Is there much cross across the border? Like, do people go down to the tons and people come up tons here and tons and back and absolutely, forth in absolutely. Borders are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I personally don't yet. Because borders are ridiculous and I'm American <laughs> and I don't want to get stuck on the wrong side of it. Mm -hmm. So I haven't been traveling as much. Mm -hmm. But yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of crossover. Mm -hmm. And it's it's good. It's, um, it's good for art to cross-pollinate. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. There was a poetry series by, I think, Rachel Rose ran it for many years. It was called Cross-Pollination. Eh, she awesome. had Americans reading poetry here in Vancouver. And, you know, just as part of that, um, well, betterment yeah. of, of the arts. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't, listening. we all feel more comfortable in the little pond, but you don't get better until you get in the big pond. So. Mm -hmm. 
Are there any generalizations that you can make about the Canadian slam scene versus the American slam Absolutely. scene? Absolutely. In my sleep all day, every day. Um, <laughs> we have a lot of feelings in Canada. This is a very feely place. Oh, yeah. And I don't just mean Western Canada. I mean all of Canada. We have a lot of feelings. Yeah. Um, and we're very competitive, but we're very uncomfortable with that, uh-huh. apparently. I, I feel like we could be more comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you came to win, say so. Yeah, certain teams are, say their scenes are, and, you know... And it yeah, but everybody wants to apologize for it. Everybody feels bad about it. <laughs> you think it. so? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I haven't had... <laughs> <laughs> Those that want to win seem to go out for it, and right. mm. it's fine by them. <laughs> Except when they don't win. Mm, and then yeah. we all hear about it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, that doesn't happen to me very often, so I just can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we run out of time, mm. well, we'll get another poem from you. Sure. Uh, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. Our guest today is Rabbit Richards. And if you would like to catch the show, you can go to the Co-op Radio archives after 3 o'clock this afternoon. And they will all be up there, this show, and uh, the first half hour of No Apologies Necessary. And then uh, soon it will be up as a podcast on iTunes under Wax Poetic as a free download for you so you can uh, listen in over and over again if you like I keep forgetting to tell you you never made me want to hurt myself not through any of the good parts but more importantly not through any of the really trash bits not through all of the furniture walling us in slowly or months of your quiet anger turning in on us both until the pothos dropped its leaves your pain is your pain again And I have no aching, urgent need to take it off your brow, lift it from your slumped shoulders, or more accurately, I no longer feel the desire to swallow all the things that hurt you. I swallow very little these days. Remembering I am full of my own self, and that there is no surgery for you inside me unless I carve it out myself, is harder than remembering to tell you that you never made me want to hurt myself. The point is, I was never yours to absorb. The point is you can hold the whole world inside you. I do not envy you your superpower. I do remember, sometimes, to tell you that you never made me want to hurt myself, but I think that might be a dubious kindness in your sphere. (laughs) I think maybe it still feels good to you. Maybe you still wish there was attention. But mostly, I just have other things to do. A poem about codependency from no one's personal experience. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, thank you for sharing it. Yeah, thank you. A pleasure. Yeah, how often do you write? Do you have a, um, a routine, a schedule? That Definitely think- not. No? No. No, my brain doesn't work on a schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, I write when it happens, and I make sure I always have something to record with or write it down or whatever. Like, I don't leave the house without some way of catching the thoughts when they fly by but now it's all on the fly mm-hmm. do you get to ideas uh when you're walking or moving around always that, all yeah. the time right now i'm thinking about that speaker i all the time <laughs> really yeah what's what's coming to mind well it's just like i i feel like somewhere in there is a metaphor for the way that we don't listen to each other and i can find it mm-hmm. 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 i'll find it yeah yeah 
I always find it. I like how you navigate those things you find. Are you good with prompts? Are you a prompt person? Do you like, I enjoy them. Yeah. I, usually what I write out of them is fun for the moment, and then I don't like it again afterward. Like, I'm good at improv in it, and then afterwards I'm just like, oh, I actually don't really like it that much. Mm. But I really like exploring concepts that way because my brain is free to come up with whatever it comes up with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's healthy. And then will you take something or just toss it away? No, I, t- I definitely save it and take lines out yeah. and come back to it. And sometimes it's, it's just good as a thinking prompt because whatever I thought then, I thought under that weird pressure. And then I can go back and be like, oh, yeah, I never would have had that thought if mm. I wasn't. Usually I'm improving to music. So there's okay. like a beat, right? There's the time is always running out if you're improving to to music. So there's that that rush, and that pushes you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Too. Do you do much uh, workshop leading? Because I think because the way yeah for yeah, poems. I, and- uh, well, sort of. The one that I've got coming up oh, is okay. March 9th. It's part of Growing Room Festival. Oh yeah. We're gonna be at the Native Education Center uh, from three to seven on the 9th, and we're gonna be talking about soft truth about how to work with trauma in your art, both written and performed, and not hurt yourself more and not hurt audiences with it. How to, how to talk about the things for real, but also not damage one another mm-hmm. and ourselves. And be able to leave afterwards, too. And be able yeah. to leave afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, healthy. Yeah. Cool. Well, act quickly. That'll lead us into some announcements. Well, and sure. also, is there... So you're not on Facebook, but... Are you, I'm on Twitter. Okay, what are you on I'm Twitter? a Twitter human, uh, at Rabbit Richards. Come find me. I talk back. All right, cool. And so, um, events coming up on Thursday, February 28th. Uh, Pandora's Collective's Twisted Twisted Poets will be featuring Rob Taylor, Ellie, Crowley Gardner, and Bonnie Nish. How cool. exciting. Uh, and there's three great festivals coming up. they got the Talking Stick, well, Talking Stick Festival's on right now, and uh, the uh, Open Mic, Indigenous Open Mic, and, you know, sort of slam is from Talking Stick to Microphone this Friday. Uh, I think it's at Cafe de Soleil, but check out online if you want to find out exactly where that is, Talking Stick Festival. Rabbit mentioned the Growing Room Festival, which is coming up in early March uh, today, and the next three uh, weeks we're going to be having guests from that festival mm-hmm. on the show to talk about what their readings are going to be. Um, Also, the Versus Festival of Words is coming up at the end of April and the first week of May. And uh, are you going to be doing anything there that you know yet? I don't know yet. Okay. Unconfirmed. All right. We'll find out. Thanks for tuning in. I'm R.C. Weslowski. I'm Kevin Spence. I'm a rabbit. And we're so glad to have had you today. Uh, No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO, 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?